Hi, this is Amanda. And this is Lindsay. We're True Creeps. Where the stories are true. And the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore. To the possibly plausible paranormal. To horrifying history. To tense and terrible true crime. And everything else that goes bump in the night. We want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to be talking about the Denver airport conspiracies. I'm so excited about these. I love the odd episodes about things that you get to decide. Is it really creepy or is it just people looking into it too far? You're like, did we put a bunch of variables together and go, ooh? And I think for some of this, we absolutely did. But other parts, I'm not so sure. Yeah, there's some that I'm like, huh, I don't know. But it's going to be fun to deep dive into them. Yeah, we're going to go through a bunch, too. Yeah. <laughs> and a bunch. This was a fun one to read about. Yeah. So there are a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding the Denver International Airport, which is located in Denver, Colorado. We're going to go through each one, talk about the theory itself, the background information, and then some of the truths that may or may not refute the theory. A special thank you to Hate the Cow who suggested this topic. They're also the one that suggested Dietlov, too. So a lot of good ideas coming from this one. <laughs> yeah, she's two for two. So thank you. Thank you. First, we're going to start with some of the background information on the airport itself. So the Denver International Airport was opened in 1995 as an upgrade from the previous airport for the area, which was the Stapleton International Airport. So the previous airport was located just six miles from Denver's downtown. From what I understand, it caused a lot of noise pollution, which makes sense that they might not want to have it there. It was also too small for modern jets. And since it couldn't be expanded, the talks of its closure began in the 1980s. Now, I would imagine that airports are very difficult to build. Would you imagine that as well? <laughs> I would think so. Yeah, they're normally very big. A lot of things going on. A lot of things that you have to take into consideration. Yeah, a lot of planning. And also, like, if you even think about, like, building a house, like, all the permits you have to get and, like, the different stages where you have to have an inspector sign off on stuff. Like, could you imagine that, like, at that scale of something that massive? So we say all that to say 1980s and then it was open to 1995. Feels like 15 years is a big gap, but not really, I feel like, when you're talking about something this big. So there was a 60-month delay in construction. So it opened 16 months late and it went to billion dollars over budget that seems a little intense that seems a little high that's insane like that blows my mind and i want you to remember that two billion dollars over budget because people talk about pretty much all of the conspiracy theorists are like and it opened 16 months late and i'm like construction things go over it happens that doesn't seem like suspicious to me but two billion dollars over budget i don't like it so we're gonna throw it in as we talk about things where they're like maybe that's relevant yeah and i think that they are held up on the time frame only because they think some of the odd things were being built, which was causing the delay, not necessarily that it was delayed, but because in their heads, it's because they were building something they not necessarily should have been building. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So some interesting things about this airport. It is the largest airport in the United States by acreage, and it's 33,000 acres of land. And the second largest airport in America is the Dallas, Texas one, which is only 17,000 acres. And so like I have like a rough idea of like what an acre looks like, but I couldn't really fathom how big is 33,000 acres. So Denver itself is 99,150 acres. So this accounts for about a third of it. 
So there, there's that. Like, that's bizarre. I say Baltimore City because, like, that's, like, my frame of reference. It's closest to me. But, like, Baltimore City is only 59,000 acres. So, like, it's more than half the size of Baltimore City, which feels like a biggish place. London, England, is only 716 acres. Like, 716. <laughs> and we're talking about five-digit numbers. Like... <laughs> So in addition to it just being massive, they built like obviously the main airport, but there's also extra buildings and hangars. Now, some of the hangars have like labels on them or have like art that shows what they are, but some of them aren't. You have to label everything. <laughs> you have to label everything. How will everyone know where your vault is if you don't put it on the front of the building? But some people think that there's also, I mean, massive amounts of unused space, right? Because we're talking about 33,000 acres of land. So a lot of people think also that, that the unused space is just space for expansion so that they don't run into the same problem that they did before where they have to build an entirely new airport because this one's too small to fill their needs. Makes sense. If I was talking, if you heard some rustling, that's Miss Moo making her bed. She's our guest star today with her tippy tap claws. Okay, so one of the things that I heard about when I was initially looking into this was I saw so many people say like the barbed wire faces inward, which is bizarre. Like they're trying to keep something in. I didn't know there was a way to put barbed wire up. I just thought it was pokey all over. I mean, exactly. I didn't know that barbed wire went in a direction. I thought it was just sharp. Also, just like in case you were wondering, one of my AOL screen names was Spikes in Barbed Wire Ooh. with the and being an N. That's neither here nor there. But the barbed wire faces the normal way, which is up, which is also every other airport. So people were just like, they looked at barbed wire and went, it's in the wrong direction. It's just so funny to me. And looking at it from our perspective, though, we didn't know the barbed wire had to be in a certain direction. So these uh, barbed wire scientists are evaluating who has <laughs> time. They obviously did not complete their training in barbed wire science. Okay, so the airport itself also has a fabric roof design, which is now one of the, its most prominent features. If you see pictures of it, it's always like, look at this roof. And it looks bizarre. It kind of looks like a tent, like a really big, fancy tent. It looks unfinished to me. It looks like, yeah, yeah, just like a pop-up event. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so this is also completely unrelated, but they have a program where they bring dogs and cats around to like help people alleviate their airport stress and you can cuddle them and love them. And it's called the Canine Airport Therapy Squad, which the acronym is CATS. That's so cute, which I love. But I love that it's canine, but the acronym is CATS. Like they got them both in that way. And so the airport was built in 1995, but it wasn't as though like there were conspiracy theories from what I understand really early on. And we're going to talk about someone who was there on like the third day of it opening and was like, this is suspicious. And we're going to talk about people who went in before the airport opened and were like, this is suspicious. But I feel like to the masses. Most people didn't really hear about it until Jesse Ventura popularized it in 2012 on his show Conspiracy Theory. And after that, lots of other media outlets began to investigate and report on just the oddities that surround the Denver International Airport. Yeah. And the reports are hilarious. Yeah, they really are. From a lot of like the news stations, you have to watch them. This has been one of my favorite topics to research. Yeah, I laughed a couple times, just even not only reading, but when you watch even like the serious videos about the conspiracy. There's no lies detected here. When they're saying something with like their heart and it's just so out there. 
it's wonderful. You'll have to look it up. Yeah. Well, and as we get into it, when we say the theories, we're going to have to say these with like a straight face kind of, right? Like I'm going to try to. That's going to be my goal. Yeah. And so hopefully you'll experience just the absurdity of like saying a statement as though it's fact and it being like kind of bananas. Some of them, but some of them are odd. Some No, some of them I'm not against. So I'm going to try it with a straight face now that I'm laughing. The Obama conspiracy. (laughs) I failed. So the first conspiracy theory is that Obama came to the Denver International Airport either to hide in a secret bunker from Comet Elenin or as part of a secret nuclear test. So some background. In 2011, former President Barack Obama came to the airport on September 27th, which was four days after there was a Homeland Security terrorism emergency exercise in Denver. It was called Operation Mountain Guardian, and that had happened on September 23rd. OMG took over Union Station in Denver. I feel like that they named it Operation Mountain Guardian just so that they could call it Operation. Oh, my God. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? It absolutely feels like that. I love it. Residents were warned that the following would be visible throughout the day. Loud noises, simulated weapons, smoke, and emergency vehicles. Cool, 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 cool. So over 80 agencies took part in this exercise, including Sports Authority Field at Mile High, Park Meadows Mall, Denver Health Medical Center, and Denver International Airport. A little bit on the comet. So Comet Elenin. It was on September 27th when it was passing over Earth. So for the people that believed that the world was going to end in 2012, they believed that the destruction of Earth would occur after a Nibiru, a planet, entered our solar system. For the nuclear test, there were rumors that there were two nuclear strikes against the U.S. from Russia in 2011. Allegedly, one was in Colorado and the other was in Virginia. And they reported as earthquakes. So can I just tell you just like the briefest of stories? So the 2011 one that was in Virginia was felt all the way where I live in Baltimore County. Uh And at the time, my ex and I were at a Chinese restaurant eating. Okay. And we're eating our Kung Pao tofu. Delicious. And the whole building shakes. People come out from the kitchen and are like, what the heck is going on? Like everyone is like distraught with the exception of my ex who sat there and did not even move. And I was like, did you feel that? And they were like, it was probably just the air conditioning. And I'm like, everyone is running around freaking out. It's the air conditioning, Lindsay, calm down. It was the air conditioning, just like (laughs) as cavalier as could be. Okay, so next we have the runway conspiracy. So, again, we're going to say these like they're a fact to begin with. Mm-hmm. And also, we didn't go into like facts with Obama because it wasn't as though we we knew more, right? Like we knew that he went there and allegedly he had gone there as part of his campaign. And that's what most people thought. And that it was just, you know, just happened to coincide with Common Elenin. But so our next conspiracy is the runway shape conspiracy. There are Nazi ties because the shape of the runway. <laughs> Okay, so people think this because if you look at an aerial view of the runway, they look like a swastika because the runways are kind of in all different directions. And from what I read, that's abnormal for an airport. And like when you look at it, it is swastika-esque. But if you look at like a lot of talking points from the airport and from some other people, too, is that it's more pinwheel shaped than it is swastika shaped, which I feel like is like a way of being like, we didn't do that on purpose. 
it would be a really like broken swastika. Like it has the resemblance, but it's definitely not the exact pattern. Yeah. It's like the arms but the arms don't connect, right? So like they don't line up, right? Yeah. Like the different like sectors of it. But so there's a reason that the runways are shaped the way they are. And that's because in Denver, they have very strong winds. And so there's a really good chance that planes may need to take off from different directions based on those winds, which I didn't know that. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. But then wouldn't you think in other areas where there would be high winds, you'd see this pattern more frequently? Not that I'm saying I think it's an ode to Nazis by any means. But you would think that this pattern would come up. I think the pattern would come up. But I also wonder if people aren't looking at other airports with the same kind of scrutiny. That's true. And also, I feel like in airport years, the Denver International Airport is kind of young. I feel like a lot of other airports are probably built in the 70s and 80s, whereas this was built in 1995. But the Stapleton International Airport before it was built in the 20s. So it was super old and like needed to go. So I wonder if other airports, when they were built, they weren't thinking about that yet. Yeah, that's true. Because like, you know, the ability to fly is already relatively young in terms of like the history of our country and, you know, the world generally. But like even just like commercial flights, like the ability to like commercially fly is like a relatively newish thing. No, you're right. Are you ready for the next conspiracy? Oh, I'm ready. This is a good name too. Conspiracy Sonic Blast. (laughs) I'm going to laugh every time. So speaking of strong winds, there's a 2007 conspiracy theory that there was a sonic blast at the Denver International Airport because the windshields of 14 aircrafts cracked at the same time. Hmm. Bizarre. After an investigation, it was determined that there were 100 mile per hour winds that caused grit to smash into the windshields and cause the damage. Per weather.gov, winds over 75 miles per hour are considered hurricane force and can cause things like severe and extensive damage, roofs being peeled off, broken windows, trees uprooted, RVs and small mobile homes overturned, moving vehicles that can be pushed off of the roadways. And just to know, actually, last night, our phones went off around like, I think, 10 p.m., mm-hmm. And it was just like thunderstorm warning and all of that. But then underneath it, it was like severe storm warning. Winds can reach up to 80 miles per hour. So you had hurricane force winds last night. Yeah, I hadn't seen that before where we actually got like the notification. Luckily, it barely skipped where I am. Mm-hmm. But places in like Scottsdale, I'll, I'll send you some pictures from my mom's work. They had trees come up where the roots, like they're established trees. Yeah. The roots came up and tore through all of the concrete in the areas of the place. That's wild. It's wild to think like you think that was like a tornado, but not with just wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good old Arizona. I mean, at first I was like, I feel like people would have noticed that there was like hurricane strength winds blowing around. But then like the more I saw the sonic blast conspiracy is like kind of a small one that people don't talk about a lot. And I credit that to people in Denver knowing that wind does crazy ass things like mm-hmm. because they're used to it. Yeah. Okay, so our next one is far away from wind as we can get. And I'm not going to say the name of this one because we're going to talk about it in a minute. But I, I love the name, though. But so people think that there is an outdoor sculpture that is either demonic or that it symbolizes the apocalypse. And so on the main road of the airport, there's a 32 foot high, bright blue Mustang sculpture that has bright red eyes. So people are like, it's demonic, clearly. Yeah. And obviously, why else did it have red eyes? We'll tell you why. But so it's nicknamed Blucifer by locals. 
So love that. It's rightly named. I love that for them. And when you see pictures of it, it looks big, but it doesn't look as massive as it really is until you see it next to a person for scale. Yeah. And when you're looking at it, when she says that it's demonic, it's this giant blue horse, right? And you're like, okay, blue horse, fine. Red eyes. Okay, you're getting there. But then it's like veiny and very creepy. Its mouth's open. It's actually pretty frightening. I'd use it as a Halloween decoration. Well, but the way I see it is like Mustangs are wild horses, right? So like it makes sense that it looks like a wild horse to me. With veins popping out all over? Well, he's jumping up. Do wild horses have veins like that? Two wild horses have veins. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go ahead and guess that both wild and domestic horses have veins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are they popping out like that? Are they taking the steroids? Like, what are you doing? Well, that wasn't the question. The question was whether they had veins, <laughs> not whether they had veins like that. It's terrifying. They're popping out. It's not. It's unsettling. <laughs> It's also all in the picture that you're looking at, too, because sometimes people will take photos like at night when it's backlit (laughs) and it looks a little bit more sinister than like on a sunny day. Like I would imagine it covered in snow is like a lovely sight to behold. No, its mouth almost looks like it has blood coming out of it. I don't think that. Yeah. Amanda is buying into Lucifer like really hardcore. (laughs) Let's just do a picture. (laughs) No, I'm obsessed with it. I like, I love it. I think that everything should have something creepy outside, like that statue to greet you. I'm sending you one right now where it looks like it has blood pouring from its mouth. It just has a mouth. Okay, I didn't see the face veins. I don't think I looked at it like up close. Okay, yeah, it has veins everywhere. It's terrifying. Okay, I will say it is very veiny. (laughs) But I think that some of the like the veins on the neck, I think are supposed to be hair. I don't know about the face because like, I don't think those are veins. I think those are just like, I don't know what they are. Okay, explain this one. What about all of its crazy stomach veins? We'll post these photos on our Instagram. But this is the exact one where I was like, when it's back late at night, it looks like, and obviously, like, they definitely enhance the eye there. Like, they definitely enhance it. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, those are stomach veins and lower region veins as well. I don't know. I don't know. It's veiny. Okay, you got me. It is, in fact, very veiny. In a weird way. Like, if they would have colored those blue and just had them, like, a little bit darker blue as part of the horse, sure. They're prominent. But they're very prominent, yeah. I don't know how I miss those. Oh, no, that's all I've been focusing on. I wasn't zooming in, though. Amanda's like, look at this close-up photo (laughs) of this horse. I've been looking at purely just like... Where it's like in the center of a picture, not like zoomed in 17. No, I'm obsessed. When Amanda closes her eyes at night, this is what she sees. Lucifer. Absolutely. (laughs) So people believe that it's demonic or, you know, something's wrong with it. Not only because of the way it looks, but because the sculptor, whose name was Louise Jimenez, died while making the horse. A section of it fell on top of him when he was working on it in his studio. His children then took over the rest of the statue and finished it up. The red eyes were a tribute to Jimenez's father, who owned a neon shop. And my question is, why red? Why didn't they go with like the green or the yellow or some of the other neon colors, but red? I think because it seems like it is a red and blue horse, right? Like the mouth is red. Mm -hmm. From blood. And so is the nose kind of. Or from just a mouth being red. It's eaten three people today. It's eaten three people today and today alone. Breaking news. We're fake news now. So 
when I was watching some of the videos of employees talking about this horse, they just referred to it as a Mustang. And they're like, it represents Denver as a gateway to the American West. I don't know how they get that from this horse. They get that from this horse because of him and his other work. And because I want to think that he had like described it as like that was his intention behind it. And this was like on brand for his types of sculpture. I wish he was alive today so I could see other things that he would have made because this is fantastic. He has other sculptures that you can look at because I don't think any of them look as sinister. But I think that he was like, that's what I'm saying. He was going in this crazy direction. I mean, it's also 32 feet tall, right? So it's a big gentleman. Is it a gentleman? Do we know? I think so. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll send you some close-up pictures of it later. Because she's got them. Yes, this is a fantastic piece of art. I love it. Okay, the next conspiracy is the conspiracy of the dedication, the Freemasons, and New World Order. Our next theory has a couple different pieces to it. First, people believe that the airport was designed and built by the Freemasons and continue to be controlled by them. Some think that they have secret meetings and that they have a secret meeting place there. Additionally, they think that the Freemasons are working in conjunction with the New World Order. So I feel like I hear about Freemasons with a great many, a conspiracy theory and the New World Order. So we did a little bit of research on them so that we could have some context on like why that is so terrifying to some. Mm -hmm. So the Freemasons is the world's oldest fraternal organization, and it began in the Middle Ages as a guild for skilled builders. So there's a history professor at the University of California, and her name is Margaret Jacob, and she wrote Living the Enlightenment, Freemasonry and Politics in the 18th Century Europe. And she has like a very good description of like what Freemasons are. So I was like, OK, well, they were skilled builders. Like, who are they now? Right. And so she describes them as a social and philanthropic organization meant to make its members lead more virtuous and socially oriented lives. Okay, okay. And one of the ways that they do that is with secret rituals, passwords, and lots of handshakes. Love it. Love it. And they also, they're known for being large donors to charities and the like. Members include politicians, founding fathers, and even business leaders. So let's move away from them to the New World Order. So the New World Order is a right-wing conspiracy theory. So the Anti-Defamation League describes the New World Order conspiracy theory as the belief that a tyrannical socialist one world conspiracy has already taken over most of the planet and schemes to eliminate the last bastion of freedom, the United States, with the help of collaborators within the government through repressive measures, as well as manufactured crises such as terrorist attacks and pandemics. The global conspirators seek to eliminate dissent and to disarm Americans so that the new world order can move in and enslave them. <laughs> uh, emphasis was my addition, by the way, on that. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. But the world would be a really scary place if that's what you believed. Just to start, I don't believe that. Do you believe that, Amanda? I think that there are more going on in the background, but no, I don't believe it's this out there. Yeah, yeah, right. It's a little wacky. And from what I understand, a lot of people who are like new world order conspiracy theory truthers, they take kind of like everyday things that happen and go, here's just further proof because like two rich people were like hanging out. Yeah. They're like, <gasps> they're, they're there. I mean, I think a really good example of this would be thinking that the vaccine has a microchip in it mm -hmm. that would fall under this kind of conspiracy theory so like even if you're like not thinking new world order you're still thinking that there's like 
some overarching like organization that this is what they're doing. And so this also, to me, seemed very QAnon adjacent. So I just wanted to mention that here because when I think right wing conspiracy theory, like that's another one that we have right now. That's its own type of plague on our country. And so QAnon, the core belief is that there's a Satan worshiping group of elites that are running a child sex ring and are trying to control our politics and media. And then there's also a lot of sub theories to that. But that's the biggest one that most believers agree on. We're not going to go into it because it's just too much. But like to me, it's insane. So QAnon believe that members of these elite groups are killing and eating children so that they could extract adrenochrome, which is thought to extend one's life. And just like saying that sentence felt strange. Like I took it down in notes and I was like, we're eating children to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Like there was a mystery science theater 3000 where somebody had like a ring and they punctured someone's pituitary gland and they would like suck out the juice. Ugh. And that's like how they live forever. And it feels like someone saw that and was like, that's what rich people are doing to children. Bananas. So followers of the movement are also part of the people who took part in the attack on the Capitol in the United States in January. There's even some politicians who were spouting this garbage, like first term representative Marjorie Taylor Greene which blows my mind. Facebook and YouTube and other social media platforms are trying to block and remove QAnon content. And just as soon as December of last year, an NPR poll showed that 70% of Americans believed in that core tenet. Wow. Which is an alarming number. It's too close to one fifth for me. Yeah. And so in August of 2021, which is this month when we're recording it, a man killed his two kids claiming he was enlightened by QAnon and Illuminati conspiracy theories. He told investigators that killing his kids was wrong, but it was the only course of action that would save the world. So like... There is something mismatching here. I will say that very early in the pandemic last year, I had like started there because I was like, I'm feeling depressed. I would like to take care of my mental health. Mm -hmm. And my therapist, who I'd been, I talked to her maybe like four times at that point, was trying to get me to believe QAnon conspiracy theories. What? Yeah, because I was like, oh, I'm having a hard time not being able to go out into the world. But I'm also not a person who is protesting because I don't want to wear a mask because I understand that wearing masks is good for me, the people who I love and also just like the world. Right. Like in trying to battle this. Yeah. And she was like, well, why do you think people are protesting? And I was like, because they don't want to wear a mask. They're wearing signs that say I want a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> like, they'll be, I literally saw a protester with a sign that said that. And she was like, I think it's because they know that something deeper is happening. Interesting. And, like, went on. I mean, like, she was like, the reason that people need ventilators is because there's an underground battle happening and that people are, like, inhaling, like, rubble from underground and that's why ventilators are needed. It's bananas. But so we bring up QAnon in relation to New World Order because I feel like there is some definite overlap in people who believe those conspiracies. But so we're going to move on to the dedication which kind of ties in the Freemason and New World Order groups. Yeah. So it's pretty common that airports are going to have a dedication stone and usually along with a time capsule. Didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. It's kind of cool, though. Yeah. So in keeping with the tradition, Denver International Airport also has one that is made of two pieces of granite and it has a Masonic symbol on it. The time capsule is set to be opened in 2094 and the bottom of the dedication stone has the name of the group who funded the airport, the New World Airport Commission. People believe New World equals New World Order and the commission is now defunct. Some people think that if the Masonic symbol is touched just so, a keypad will pop up they've watched a lot of what power rangers maybe i don't know i don't know like (laughs) star trek could you just imagine just people like fondling this 
Masonic <laughs> symbol, like poking it in every direction. Yeah. And from the keypad, you can control the release of toxic gas or be connected with aliens. And so here's my question. Everything that I saw that had this particular conspiracy theory, I was like, what do you mean connected with aliens? Like, does it open like a portal that you can like, you can go someplace? Or is it like a phone? How are you connected with them? I thought you could text them. Oh, you're texting them? Yeah. I hope it's old school text where like, if you don't lo- know your letter numbers, then you're done. Sorry, Gen Z. You don't even know what you're doing here. Yeah. Well, that helps keep them out of the secret club. Oh, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Obviously. Do you think there's Gen Z for Freemasons? I don't know. There has to be, right? I don't know. I I would not hate an episode on like secret organizations or secretive organizations, right? Because we know about them. But like, what do we really know? Ooh, I'd love it. Anywho. (laughs) So the opening ceremony date was on March 19th of 1994. So with this date, if you take the date, which was 19, so one plus nine and the year plus one, plus nine, plus nine, plus four. (laughs) It equals 33. And what's 33, Lindsay? This number represents perfection in Freemasonry and is the highest level that one could get to. It's also my current age. (laughs) Wait a minute. Uh Uh-oh. 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 I'm discovering your secrets. I'm part of it. The jig is up. Damn it, Lindsay. (laughs) Also, I am also 33, so I'm part of this club. So uh, we're part of the secret society then, right? Did you get your welcome letter? Because I sure as fuck didn't. No, I feel like we should have, I don't know, more influence. You know what? We should. We should have more influence. (laughs) I mean, generally, we should have more influence. But I feel like if we were part of this club, we'd have more something. Influence, money. I don't understand why they just decided to take off the month, though. Yeah. So like if they would have done it on April 19th or May or so on, it would have been still 33. Like when they want to change it so that all of the numbers all would be 33. That's why this is not the best part. (laughs) What's that movie? Oh, 23. Where what's his face where Jim Carrey's like the numbers and he starts adding shit up. Yeah, yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely what this is. So the mayor at the time of the opening, his name was Wellington Webb. <laughs> I love him. Was a member of the Freemasons. And yeah, he has a perfect name. I love it. Willie Webb. I love it. <laughs> that's what I thought of too. The primary designer for the airport, his name was Curtis Ventress, said that the time capsule has plans and drawings for the construction of the airport. The time capsule also, from what I read, has things like coins, an opening day ball from Coors Field, Mayor Wellington sneakers for some reason. No one wants that. Like literally no one wants that. Blackhawk casino tokens and some other items. Bunch of interesting stuff. So let's talk about just some objective facts that may refute some of this. So the reason that there are Masonic symbols on the dedication plaque are because the Freemason organizations in the area help fund the construction of the airport. Okay, the tracks, right? (laughs) Then some people talk about that the group that was putting together the airport's opening celebration was a temporary commission. So it makes sense that it doesn't exist anymore, right? Like some people pointed out like it doesn't exist anymore. Therefore, it's sinister. Roy Rogers doesn't exist anymore. That doesn't make it sinister. Go on. I'm still skeptical, Lindsay. (laughs) Still skeptical. Okay. 
So the chairman of the commission was Charles Anbacher, and he was a conductor. So, like, let's keep that in mind. Okay. Because at first I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Until I realized he was a conductor. So he said that the name of the group was a mixture of it being the newest airport in the world, New World, and also a reference to Symphony Number no. 9, which is commonly known as New World Symphony, by Czech composer Antonin Dvorak. And so I was like, mm, I don't know. But I looked up this particular symphony because I was like, what if there's secret clues in the symphony? But it's actually, like, according to NPR, it's one of the most beloved orchestral works in the entire world. Okay, okay. Okay, like, a lot of people knew about this. This guy's a conductor. New world, new world. Okay, maybe. I don't know. And so as for the Freemasons being in control of the airport, the county slash city of Denver owns and operates the Denver International Airport. Per the city's charter, Denver's Department of Aviation manages, operates, and controls the airport. And the manager of the department is appointed and reports to the mayor of Denver. So for me, this all kind of tracks in that, like, the city is in charge of it. I feel like if the city was in charge of it, they wouldn't have the infrastructure to do it, right? Like, they wouldn't have, like, a department of aviation. Yeah. I mean, the entire time I was researching this, I don't know about you, but every time I kept reading about New World Order, I just kept thinking of New Order and hoping that New Order somehow made this airport. Okay, I did. But I also need you to know that if we talk about music in a show... I need you to know that when we're researching it, I am therefore listening to it. And I'm just going to tell you, this symphony slaps. It is good. Is it? Like, it is really good. And it is a fun listen to. I also, like, looked up this particular composer and, like, what this symphony was about. And it was, like, 10 to 10. Love it. Love its message. It's great. But I got really, I was like all day today, I was just like, yeah, to classical, like I was like jamming (laughs) to classical music, which like, I normally like music where I can like sing along, but I was just like, it just hit different today. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm 33 and I'm part of it. That must be it. (laughs) All right. You ready for the next conspiracy? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm ready. This one's great. Conspiracy artwork. (laughs) So we're going to move away from secret societies because people believe that the art in the airport has satanic messages, Nazi propaganda, and has clues to how the world will end. That is some insightful artwork. It is. Yeah. So a little bit of background. The artwork, there's a few different artists in this. One is Terry Allen, a sculptor. And Terry was in charge of making some statues of gargoyles in suitcases in a few of the different places. They're the cutest. I love them. There is one gargoyle in the airport that I'm obsessed with, and his name is Greg. Yeah, I don't know if he was made by Terry, but I'm assuming he was inspired by these suitcase gargoyles, which are very cute. Mm -hmm. Another one is Leo Tanguma, and he has paintings that depict death, destruction, Nazi soldiers, war, children being followed by men wielding guns, and animals that have been killed. They're intense paintings. They are very intense paintings. But beautiful, but intense. Although many people have complained about the art, most of the art has not been replaced. Also, I didn't realize, going back to Lucifer, a lot of people complained about Lucifer, too, and wanted him torn down. Yeah, apparently you're part of it. You're terrified of him. Or do you want him torn down, but then moved to your yard? Exactly. Yeah, I don't want him to... I'm saying I want more statues like that around everywhere. Every airport should have one. Yeah, I want a terrifying statue in front of every airport immediately. Who do I need to call to make this happen? Here's what I want. I want every airport to have an animal that represents that airport that's, like, massive. So that when you come, you know, like, obviously, BWI in Maryland would have a crab. We're known for our crabs. Ours would have, like... A scorpion. 
some messed up scorpion no it'll have that like scary uh spider scorpion hybrid monster animal that we have it's gonna be that with lots of veins yeah and as simon says just turn around don't even leave the airport it's too hot (laughs) or as you lovingly said arizona is the australia of the united states it is just in terms of like terrifying creatures oh yeah for sure yeah uh with the monsoons lately we've been having the poisonous toads come out and you're like oh a cute toad but if your dog licks it they will like die they were singing the song of their people in my backyard last night arizona is not made for humans arizona keeps trying to tell you guys that it doesn't want humans and y'all just aren't listening (laughs) you're right you're right so let's go into some of the truths the artist that made the gargoyles terry allen said that he had gone to a meeting where there were artists present and people from the committee as well as a nun the nun made him think of a church And he said, they're protectors. Gargoyles are good demons. They face out from the church to keep the bad demons out. If I was being malicious, I could have been a lot more malicious than I was. Makes sense, I guess. Also, going back to childhood days, Gargoyles, the TV show, was fantastic. I legitimately love that show. That show was amazing. And I recently forgot about it until I was watching, like, I don't know, some TikTok. And they were like, what's a show you never know people don't talk about? And it was Gargoyles. And I was like, I forgot. I love this. Yes, it's so good. So the nun that inspired Terry Allen to make the Gargoyles, Sister Lydia Pena, was on the committee for the architectural design of the Denver International Airport. She was also like an advocate for Leo Tanguma because she liked the themes of peace and justice in his art. And she said that the artists were not told what to make, but that the committee did approve the concepts from the muralist. So nobody was given like, make this. So it's not as though these artists are like hiding symbols on behalf of someone else. There's still weird symbols to be in artwork at an airport for some of them. It is. I mean, here's the thing, like love art. You make it. It's art. Right. That's my opinion. But I do think that there are big themes in this and like it is controversial. And I think that it's interesting to see controversial art in an airport. Yeah. Because you typically think like it's going to be something that like is going to appeal to the masses. And I like that they were like, no, it's crazy. We need to show important art to a lot of people and we're gonna. Yeah, it's interesting and it is very much eye-catching. I would want to walk around there. I would love a layover there, you know, like to walk around and see all of it. It makes me want to go to Denver. And for that part of it, like it's an amazing pull for tourism, just like this conspiracy theory. Generally, I'm sure there are people who come to Denver because of this. I have no doubt in my mind. But so there are many critics of Tanguma's work. But one very big one is Dr. Leonard Horowitz. And so he used to be a dentist, but now he's more in the public eye as a commentator. And he suggests that there's a darker message than Sister Pena states. And he also discusses his own experience at the Denver International Airport. So as I mentioned at the top of the episode that we have a story from somebody who was there on the third day. And so this was Dr. Horowitz. And so he said, passengers were directed through the tunnels, and we'll talk about more on them in a minute, containing some of the finest gold leaf mosaic artistry I have ever seen. Artwork that makes Tanguma's beautiful murals pale by comparison. Thereafter, when the trams began operating, those alternate passageways were closed. Why do you believe airport financiers would spend vast fortunes commissioning art that travelers would never more see? And so this was from a quote where he said that there was an issue with the trams. So they had to detour through like an underground tunnel space. 
which again, we're going to talk about more in a minute, but he saw this. And so Sister Pena, who was on the committee, who selected the artwork and worked with the artists, she said she was not familiar with this project. Interesting. Interesting. And that's also like such a specific type of art to recall. Yeah. That's the only time I heard of that, though. Yeah. Bizarre. So speaking of gold, let's talk about the Australia antigen conspiracy. And and this one is there is a biological warfare weapon called Australia antigen that is being developed at the Denver International Airport. I think they'd have better places to develop this. What a place. What a place for it to be. So the reason people think this is because one of the pieces of art has an etching where it's basically it's like a cart with lumps on top and it has capital A U and like a space and then capital A and G. And people think that that means Australian antigen, the AU and the AG. Of course. So in reality, AU and AG are gold and silver, both of which are the main products of the mining industry in Colorado. And just separately, Australian antigen is a thing. So it's a biomarker for the immune response for hep B, and it can be used for vaccines for hep B. But if it's by itself, it's not dangerous. So the thought that they were making some biological weapon that is the same name as a biomarker for an immune response, I think that's just a coincidence. But I think that's like a particular one where they took, I don't know how, they started with AUHE and ended in biological warfare weapon. Right. Especially because the picture, it literally looks like a mining cart. Yeah. With little blocks of AU and AG. It really does. It's one of those ones where you're like, you're reaching. You're absolutely reaching. But I, I think it's an interesting one to name because it's like so big. Yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about is, if I may say so, the sexiest of the conspiracy theories. It, it encompasses a bunch. So it's going to be our longest section, but definitely my favorite to look up. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the underground structures, tunnels, buildings, bunkers, military installations, conspiracy theories. So some think that there are hidden tunnels, buildings, and bunkers beneath the airport. few other theories. There are fallout bunkers for political officials and the elite. There are facilities where humans and aliens are working together to create biological weapons. Hey, Amanda, what kind of aliens are those? Well, Lindsay, they're the lizard people, clearly. Obviously. They're the ones that work together with us to create the biological weapons. Everyone knows that. So the tunnels also, they believe, lead to military bases, including Cheyenne Mountain Air Force Station, which is 90 miles away. And there's an underground military base right under the airport. That's a lot of things happening under that airport. Yeah. Well, and we're going to get into like some stuff that actually is going on underneath the airport. Yeah, there are things. So a little bit of background. It has been confirmed that there are five buildings underground. Apparently, they were erected above the ground, but then deemed to be subpar. So they buried them underground rather than demolishing them. Can I just say that like that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my life? And I've heard some dumb things. But could you imagine someone's like, okay, they know there's buildings. Let's just say that we buried some bad buildings. Like we were just like, these buildings suck. Put them in the earth. That doesn't make any sense. No. It just doesn't make sense. It sounds very hard and very costly. Yeah. And so when I first read that, I was like, is that real? But I saw it on numerous sites that seemed relatively you know, as reputable as you can be when you're talking about conspiracy theories, like that seemed reputable. So I'm just like stunned by the idea that the solution here was to just put them underground. I mean, it's what everyone should be doing when their house needs a refresh. 
That's what I mean. When I make it like a shitty craft, I typically just bury it in the backyard. It's filled with holes back there. That's why Moo runs around digging. Yeah, she's like, there's crafts here. <laughs> Found a fucked up craft, Lindsay. What's this? Do better. It looks like you put this vinyl decal on backwards on this shirt. <laughs> Bury the backyard. People 200 years from now will be like, ah, I found an artifact. They must have written things backwards then. Why is it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. So, Curtis Fentress, the CEO and primary designer for Fentress Architects, the company that used to build the structure, said that he was, quote, sworn to secrecy when he was asked whether or not there were bomb shelters and tunnels. Some contractors who worked on the airport reportedly saw evidence of bunker entrances and unexplained tunnels. There are little drawings around the tunnels, and some people are like, they're alien artwork, or perhaps like secret society symbols. Like they're down there like coloring on the walls. Like they have like a like a coloring time. They all come up with their crayons. Well, yeah, to let them know when the secret tunnel's coming up. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I watched a few videos of people on their little like golf cart things in the tunnels and it just looks like silly graffiti to me. There was one with like a happy face and then someone clearly drew the classic alien. <laughs> I love this. You know, like the big head and the big eyes. So I, I didn't see any weird stuff, but maybe I wasn't in the right tunnel when I was watching the YouTube video. Yeah. Who could know? Also, some people claim that they've seen footage of, quote, lizard people. But unfortunately... The footage was blurry. And uh, for some reason, they're only coming from conspiracy websites. Can I just tell you, if I was like an employee of that airport, I would absolutely have like a lizard mask that I sometimes wore, like just for fucking kicks. Like Halloween would be amazing. That's a thing. That's the thing that they do. Yeah. Also, I mean, the fact that it's there, it's not surprising because they do kind of lean into it. But what a good way to cover it up. Yeah. So also just another thing that's kind of odd. There was a very costly system for baggage and it malfunctioned. And some people doubted the intent and even maybe the scale when they were doing the construction of the tunnels. Okay, okay. So this is one of my favorite things that I read. So just really le lean into this with me, okay? Okay. I want you to put on your tinfoilist hat and just enjoy the ride that I'm about to take you on. So in 1994, Alex Christopher and Phil Schneider were able to see the underground areas before the airport opened. And so DIAConspiracyFiles.com has pictures that were taken by Alex as well as her commentary. We're not going to talk about all of it, but we're going to talk about some major points. So Alex describes Phil Schneider as someone who had extensive experience in construction for the industrial defense complex. Phil Schneider is a character unto his own, and we will talk about him in a later episode. It's just so much so interesting that we can't even fit it here. So he specifically worked building giant deep underground bases. Per Alex, Phil told her that he had been offered the position of head engineer for the construction of a base that was to go under the New Denver International Airport back in the early 80s. Interesting. And so some people also argue that the Stapleton International Airport was fine and that the whole reason that they rebuilt a new one was for this military base to go underneath. So interesting that it's early 80s and we knew it was 80s already. We just didn't know when that people started talking about it. So where they are is there's a tunnel space 
that I want to think it's called level three under like you can get on the elevator. It's the lowest place that the elevator will take you and you walk out and it's massive, right? It's a massive underground area. And we'll talk about like what it's used for in a bit. But so Alex talks about she's in this space and she has weird vibes. Like she just just things feel off. She has one photo where it shows an area where there's a massive steel door and it's big enough where a dump truck could fit through. And that's the description that she gives it. And if you look compared to where that is underground, above ground, there's 55 square miles of open flat land. Alex spoke with one of the construction companies who stated that there are five secret underground buildings that are 75 to 120 feet deep. They're about 2.5 to 3 miles apart and that there's tunnels that connect the buildings and that those tunnels are about 16 feet wide. Also, that there's one portion of the tunnels where the tunnels are significantly larger and they're about 40 feet in diameter and they're connected to a place called Dreamland. So there's some interesting stuff that Phil told Alex. So generally, basements are cooler, right? Like if you walk into a basement of a house, it's going to be cooler than the upper floors, which makes sense because heat rises. And he pointed out that when they were in the tunnels, like it was actually pretty warm. And he suggests that that means that there were numerous levels below and that heat was rising. At one point, the pair walked past some electricians who are working on electrical panels. And Phil was like, they're from the NSA. I don't know how he would know that. But I guess if you like did work with people from the NSA, you might recognize like what type of stuff they wore, how they carried themselves, what their toolkits look like. So I don't know. Maybe it's credible. Maybe it's not. So looking at the electrical panels, he estimated there were at minimum eight levels beneath the level they were on. And he said that when he had seen the plans for the Denver International Airport, there were hundreds of miles of underground railroads and that each was connected with mock speed bullet trains. I didn't know what a mock was. One mock equals 761 miles per hour. Oh, okay. He said that the roads were connecting bases that were used by humans and that they were either working with alien races or ancient earth races. And I think this is the lizard people who we're talking about, right? And the purpose of these bases were for research labs, prison camps, work camps, military combinations, and food storage. So this next part, it gets weirder. Like it gets significantly weirder. There's a story that he recounts that Alex talks about that we're going to talk about on a later episode with him that's juicy and interesting, but I want to save it till then. But one of the things that he said was that some of the underground bases, as I mentioned a moment ago, were prison camps and that they held thousands of children and that when those children were, quote, physically all used up, the Dracos would kill, slaughter and eat them on the spot. I did a little search of Draco and the only thing that comes up is Draco Balfoy. So I don't know if that's what he was calling the lizard people or what, but like, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. And this is a very specific concern. Why children? Yeah. Phil also alleged the CIA was involved with work on the underground bases and said that the government was working with negative aliens to create a very deadly biological germ warfare product. That They used glandular secretions from aliens that were fatal to humans but didn't affect aliens. And that, of course, the government had the only antidote. So I want to point out that Phil Snyder died under what I'm going to call mysterious circumstances because I see his official cause of death listed as suicide. But a lot of what I see says that he had been strangled with piano wire specifically, which doesn't sound like a thing that one would do to themselves if that's how they were going to complete suicide, right? Because it would be very painful and slow and slow, right? And so among other things, but interesting to kind of like put that in the mix because he spoke publicly about this as well. So this is a little bit unrelated to this section, but I think it's another interesting note. 
Alex has in her notes that a person who worked with constructing the runways at a company called Bechtel Corp said that in 1990, two high-tech runways were built, but they were built in the wrong place, so then they covered them with four inches of dirt, but that they were longer than any of the DIA runways that were already used. So that burying concept continues. It still continues, but also like four inches of dirt. If you have hundred mile winds, you're gone. Yeah. So our truth section on this one, like compared to like all of our background is very short, but like we're going to put photos up and you can kind of like see what this underground space looks like. There are many people who work underneath the airport daily because the space is used to move luggage, but it's also used for the airport's underground trams to take you where you need to go in this massive airport. And so that's why there are underground tunnels that we all know about, Mm -hmm. but that they're not really sinister. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been a lot of news sites and TV shows and things like that that have gone to explore the tunnels. Mm -hmm. And they normally have someone from the airport that kind of shows them around on one of the little carts. Yeah. And a lot of them have like focused on the drawings around the tunnels. And then sometimes instead of some of them, you'll see someone wearing, like Lindsay was talking about, like an alien mask or something in the (laughs) background. And even the airport's taken photos of people wearing alien masks inside the airport so it's like yeah this one's a weird one i will say with how many people have said that there was a tunnel there and now it's blocked off or you know weird things like that it's just very strange yeah so let's go into a couple last minute thoughts the airport has actually really leaned into the conspiracy theories and they've leaned into it in marketing and in signage In 2016, the airport embraced the theories and took off with it. They created something they called Conspiracy Month in October, and they even held events. They held things like conspiracy-themed costume parties. They had a free screening of Close Encounters of the (laughs) Third Kind. So they're like, yes, let's just go with it then. Yeah. They turned all of them into marketing tools. And I think that they did such a good job with it because it's eye-catching. It's hilarious. And it makes you want to travel there. I saw the marketing website for the company who was behind this. And they have it on their website as like, look what we can do, which I'm like, absolutely. This is an amazing example of like good marketing. The marketing that people want. This is how I want to be marketed to. Yeah, yeah. And what's really cool is it's estimated that it has been hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars in free publicity because of all of the conspiracy theory talks. On their website, there's a video, and it's Greg the Talking Gargoyle. And it says at first, welcome to Illuminati headquarters. I mean, Denver International Airport. Yeah, and we should mention here that some people think that there's also a meeting place for the Illuminati. But I think that people kind of take Illuminati and Freemasons and New World Order and mix the three together very often. Yeah, secret societies. Yeah. All in one. So the cool thing about this like little commercial thing that they did is it's a real talking gargoyle named Greg. (laughs) And if you Google Greg the Talking Gargoyle, you'll see videos of travelers that try to locate him. And it seems like, at least from the videos I was looking at, he's normally in the same spot by like a luggage claim area. But I've also read that they move him around. I love that. Yeah. And he's like sassy. He's really cool. As he should be. So their Instagram also has a lot of nods at the conspiracy theories. There's one where the crew's singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And one of them's driving one of the carts in the tunnel. And he has an alien in his cart. And then there's a nod to National Alien Day, which is April 26th. And I had no idea. 
did not know about that. United also did a video in 2020 that starts out saying the footage that you're about to see has been hidden from public view until now. And it's hilarious. It's funny that the airlines are also getting into it. It goes through the common theories like, you know, the horse artwork, and then it shows the truth behind it. But at the end, it has like a woman that I think would work at the airport, maybe. And she's explaining how it's normal and how everything's fine. And then like in the background, there's aliens that come out and she's like, oh, gosh, interview's over and like stops the interview immediately. I love it so much. So it's super cute. Yeah. So, Lindsay, what do you think about these conspiracies? Do you think any of them might be something? So, okay, the underground business. It seems fishy to me. But I also want to say this, that if our government has a secret underground space, it's secret. I'm not going to find out about it, and I shouldn't. The average human should not be able to find out, like, every single piece of government intel, or they would be bad at keeping their secrets, right? Because if I could find out about it, then an adversarial country could also find out about it. So it makes sense that you would hide that kind of stuff. I always find it interesting when people are like, we're going to uncover X, Y, Z. And I'm like, leave it covered. It's in the national interest to like not do that. (laughs) Right. I mean, if there's aliens under there, I kind of want to know, though. I thought you were more worried about the ocean aliens. I'm worried about all aliens. So I agree with you about the underground things going on. I think it's very strange. I think that there's a lot of people, too many people, that say that they've seen something that either no longer can be accessed or there's something there. But also kind of like to what you said, maybe there is. Maybe there is some bunkers. There's a lot of bunkers everywhere that we're not talking about that we know are there. So really, what makes this more exciting that there might be a bunker under here versus one that is built probably in both of our cities, right? Exactly. And I think the other thing to it, I think this might be where you were going. But I also think that like, I do not think the American people are ready to hear about aliens. Mm -hmm. We can't even get the American people to fully sign on to a pandemic, let alone something like extraterrestrial and the implications of that, right? Because I feel like if the government was ever going to tell us about it, there would be an actual reason. So I just don't feel like we're ready. Let's not poke that bear. Let's not poke that lizard alien, you know? I think little alien things are being put like little breadcrumbs here and there to like prep people because I full on, I don't want to be like, oh my gosh, they're everywhere. But I, I feel like we can't be the only things out here, right? Like there has to be more. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree that it seems strange to think that we're the most sentient beings in the entire universe and that nothing else even comes close to us. It feels a little egotistical, you know, like to think that. Mm -hmm. And it could be that there were aliens that were here hundreds of years before humans even existed on this planet or that have came here recently. I don't know. Some of my favorite theories are certain physical traits that people believe are alien traits. Oh, interesting. Lindsay's face just fell. Yeah, it's a really fun theory to research. There's a few others that have gone around and it's always funny because I'll see it like come up on Facebook and then, you know, I'll get into that again. I'll be like, oh, what does this mean? And start Googling around and then forgetting about it for a couple years and it come back up. Yeah, I think this has been one of my favorite. I love conspiracies. We know this, right? And like, when I say CIA conspiracy, you say Operation Midnight Climax. <laughs> well, now I think of OMG. No, 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 no. That's well, that's Homeland Security. That's somebody else. CIA Operation Midnight Climax. If you don't know what I'm talking about right now, then I need you to go onto your podcast app. I need you to scroll and I need you to click episode two when True Creeps was a baby and listen to the MK Ultra portion because it will talk about that. Of what episode? And you need to know about it. 
of Black Forest. That would be helpful if I told you the actual title of. No, I'm like, episode <laughs> two, we won't tell you anything else. That's all that matters. Operation Midnight Climax. But I find government conspiracies especially just interesting to discuss because I feel like there always feels like there's some nuggets of truth. I mean, for this, some of them, no. People just like ran with a fact and like did strange things. But yeah, we want to know what you think, as always. Have you been to the Denver International Airport? I would love to see your selfies. Even if they're super old, scroll through your little Instagram feed and tag us. And we'll, we'll pop some on our stories if you've been there. Or say you've been there and you saw a lizard person or a keypad pop up when you touch the Masonic symbol. Or that you have your own theories of what's going on. We want to know. What do you think of Lucifer? And how beautiful do you think he is up close? Do you think he has too many veins? Does he have too many veins? Yeah. Do you agree with me that his mouth is just red? Because sometimes mouths are in the hue of red. Or d- did he eat four people on August 17th, 2021? I think they're going to side with me, Lindsay. I don't know what you're doing, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. For more information on our sources, please visit our website, truecreeps.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at truecreepspod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash truecreepspod, and on Twitter at truecreeps. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps. 